intrepid investigator, Miss McSkimming, brought in a plot to kill the king. Since then, Miss McSkimming and her faithful valet, Timothy, have solved mysteries the length and breadth of the country. This story, however, begins far away from good old Blighty. Instead, we find ourselves in the Atlantic Ocean, aboard a ship bound for Liverpool. It's a calm night, the silence broken only by the steady rumble of the ship's engines. The gentle sound of water rippling against the hull. The occasional sound of a gull overhead. The creak of a door. A sharp intake of breath. A struggle. A yelp of pain. A grunt of effort. A prolonged yell followed only by a faint splash. Man overboard! We turn our backs on the ship for now and focus our attention instead on a man running through the busy streets of London. He's breathing heavily. It's hard to tell if it's through exhaustion or fear. He takes a left, then a right, then another left pushing his way through the early morning crowds. He stumbles into a street seller's cart. And then he treads on a cat's tail. But he doesn't stop until finally he reaches his destination. I'm coming. All right, I'm coming. Hurry, I have something for Miss McSkimming. It's... it's... Uh, bloody hell. Who is it, Timothy? It appears to be a corpse, ma'am. I see. Well, you'd better invite them in. Put him down there, Timothy. It's far too early for a murder, ma'am. I haven't even started your eggs yet. Breakfast will have to wait, I'm afraid. That was clear the moment I dumped a corpse on top of your place setting, ma'am. Look at this. A puncture wound in the small of his back. From the angle, I'd say that the weapon, whatever it was, perforated his lung and punctured his heart. But I need to perform an autopsy, to be sure. Now, there's a paring knife in the sideboard. This is no time for jokes, Timothy. And in any case, can you imagine how long it would take to get blood out of the tablecloth? Hello, what's this? Where? Here, clutching his hand. They're tickets. They're two tickets for the RMS Samaria, travelling from Liverpool to New York. They set sail this evening. Interesting. Anything in his pockets? Cigarette case, a few coins, a cork, and... Ah, now this makes things a bit more lively, doesn't it? A pewter elephant. So, he was a member of the 40 Elephants Gang. 39 of them now. Well, that settles it. We've been on the trail of the 40 Elephants for months. They're the most notorious criminal enterprise in London, and this is the first real lead we've had. Pack some bags, Timothy. We're headed for New York, and we're leaving today. With that, Timothy packs their bags, hailed a taxi cab, and both he and Miss McSkimming sped off towards Euston Station to catch a train. Oh, last, we left the body on the dining table. It's all right, I left a note for the maid. Once aboard the 917 train to Liverpool, Miss McSkimming and Timothy settled into a private carriage. I'll just go and secure the luggage, Mum. I think they should be serving breakfast soon. Thank you, Timothy. Just shout if you need anything. 
Yes? Uh, breakfast service. Excellent. Come in. Good morning, madam. Anything from the trolley? We have a selection of hot and cold breakfast items this morning. Oh, some scrambled eggs on toast and a pot of Earl Grey, please. And a plate of bacon and fried eggs for my valet. Certainly, madam. A lovely day for travelling. It certainly is. Uh, will you be with us all the way to Liverpool? I will be, yes. Uh, a beautiful city, wonderful people there too. Indeed. I'll just place your eggs here. Thank you. Are you visiting friends? No, I'm just passing through. I'll be boarding a ship there. Oh, so this is just the beginning of your journey. May I ask your final destination? New York. Oh, how wonderful. Mm. Here's your tea and the plate of bacon and eggs. Perfect, thank you. Uh, just one more thing. Where are the tickets? You appear to have locked the door. I said, where are the tickets? I'm afraid my valet has the train tickets. You know what tickets I mean. Now stop being cute and hand them over. Are you new to this? What? I'm just wondering about your technique. That closing the door was a good start, but locking it simply prevents a quick escape once your task is complete. Locking it stops you escaping. <laughs> and I was told to be careful of you. I think that was excellent advice. Stop stalling and hand over the boat tickets. They're ship tickets. Well, you won't mind me taking them off your hands, then. I said ship tickets. The RMS Samaria isn't a boat. It's a ship. I don't care if it's a bloody albatross. Just give me the darn tickets before I make you. Well, certainly. There's no need to be rude. Here you are. Come and get them. Little did the waiter know the danger he was in. He had just locked himself in a confined space with the five-time winner of the St. Butterworth School for Young Ladies annual food fight. There was no one alive more deadly with a chipolata and a grilled tomato. As the waiter approached, Miss McSkimming made her move, flinging steaming hot Earl Grey into his face. As he recoiled, she followed up with a slice of toast. Thrown with pinpoint accuracy, it hit the waiter right in the throat, causing him to cough uncontrollably. <coughs> The waiter made a wild swing for Miss McSkimming, but she deftly ducked under the attack and countered by smashing open the porcelain pepper shaker and tossing its contents into the man's face. Just as she had planned, the resulting sneeze caused the waiter to double over, and as he did so, Miss McSkimming swung a breakfast tray up to meet him. The waiter fell forwards onto Miss McSkimming's breakfast table, where he lay unconscious. Miss Timothy, Mom, are you all right? I heard a commotion. I'm perfectly fine, thank you, Timothy. Can't say the same to the gentleman on the breakfast table, however. Blimey, not another one. You'll never get your eggs at this rate. Not dead this time, I'm pleased to say, but I don't think he'll be waking up any time soon. What happened? We shared a breakfast. Oh, St Butterworth's got a lot to answer for. How do you even decide who wins a food fight? When the cutlery starts coming into play, people tend to submit. It was a last girl standing situation. I played rugby myself. Far more civilised. If you say so. Now, let's see if we can learn more about the man who attacked me. Tried to attack you more like. Semantics, Timothy. Check his pockets, would you? Oh, there's not much on him. A couple of bob, an handkerchief, a few bottle tops and... Aha, another pewter elephant. It looks like the 40 elephants know we have those tickets. They must have followed that unfortunate gentleman to my house. Clearly, they don't want us on that ship, which means, of course, that's exactly where we need to be. What should I do with this waiter, Ma? Mm, secure him in the luggage carriage. We can hand him over to the authorities once we arrive in Liverpool. Right you are, Mum. Oh, and Timothy? Yes, Mum. Pour me another cup of Earl Grey on the way out, would you?
The remainder of their journey to Liverpool was uneventful, and after a short taxi ride to the docks, they found themselves standing before the imposing, if somewhat shabby, exterior of the RMS Samaria. It's not the most luxurious looking boat, is it? It's ship. It's not that bad. I said ship. You better not let the captain hear you calling it a boat. They tend to be funny about that sort of thing. Ah, there's the boarding gate. Come along, Timothy. Right behind you, Mum. Please have your tickets ready, ladies and gents. Luggage can be deposited on the right and will be taken directly to your cabins. Oh, good evening. Evening, madam. Here are our tickets. Thank you. Ah, I see that you are in our Regency suite. We weren't expecting you so soon. You could just wait a moment. I'll send for an officer to escort you on board. That would be most kind. Thank you. Gentlemen! Gentlemen! <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Go and fetch Officer Randall, would you? Tell him that our Regency suite guest has arrived. Right away, sir! <laughs> he shouldn't be long, madam, if you wouldn't mind waiting to one side so I can continue boarding the other passengers. Not at all. Next. Tickets, please. Regency suite, eh? I've got to say, the chap we left in that dining table didn't look the sort to be travelling first class. No, he didn't. Good afternoon, madam. I'm Officer Randall. If you would follow me. Certainly. Apologies for not being at the gate to meet you. Uh, we had been told you would be making a more discreet arrival. This is discreet enough for me. Of course. Might I take your luggage? No, I'll manage. You don't want it stored more uh, securely? I find things are most secure when Timothy has his eyes on them. All of my luggage will remain in the cabin. Very well. You should know that there was an incident on the sailing here from New York. Oh, yes? The first officer opened the wrong door whilst on watch one night. I see. He fell overboard. Sounds like you to keep that door locked. Quiet, Timothy. Did he survive? We didn't find a body. It's most likely he was dragged under the ship. Friendly advice, mate. I wouldn't go around telling your passengers about that. Well, obviously. But we felt it was important for you to know that we'd taken care of things. Taken care of things? What? Thank you, Officer Randall. You're right that I'd want to know. Other than that, everything is going smoothly. I'm pleased to hear it. Here's your suite, madam. Ah. The main living quarters are to the right as you enter. Your valet's room is on the left. I've also been told to inform you that you have been invited to dine at the captain's table tomorrow night. Your business partner will also be in attendance and is very much looking forward to meeting you. Uh, until then, please enjoy your time on board. Thank you. Oh, and your business partner has left a token of gratitude for you. You'll find it on the dresser. Please pass on my thanks. That is most kind. I'll be sure to let him know. I'll leave you to settle in then. If you require anything at all on this crossing, you have a direct line to the duty officer's station. Please don't hesitate to call. I shan't. Good day. Good day. What on earth? Wait a second. Okay, he's gone. In here. What on earth is that all about? It would appear that whomever was meant to be occupying this suite is part of some nefarious plot involving this ship, and at least part of its crew. 
Clearly not all of them, or they wouldn't have tipped the poor first officer overboard. But if the crew's involved, how come they just let us on? These aren't our tickets. Presumably they don't know what the person looks like, but they must have been given a name, so we can assume that they were expecting a woman. Officer Randall said this business partner is looking forward to meeting me, so they haven't seen this mystery woman either, which is fortunate, otherwise Friday's dinner could be rather awkward. So let me get this straight. We're on a ship where something is happening, but we don't know what it is. You need to pass yourself off as someone else, but we don't know who they are. The other person who's behind what's going on is also on the ship, and we don't know who they are either. Except we will tomorrow, when we have dinner with them. At which point, if they realise you're not who they're expecting, they'll probably have us thrown overboard. Wonderfully summarised, Timothy. Whoever said cruises were boring. So what's the plan? We need to find out who they think I am so I can keep up the ruse for the rest of the journey. Next, we find out more about the first officer and what he saw that got him killed. Then, we have dinner with the captain, fool this business partner, enjoy the rest of the cruise, and inform the authorities once we arrive in New York. Sounds simple enough. But first of all, let's take a look at the token of gratitude Officer Randall mentioned. Yeah, there's a case on the dresser. That must be it. I wonder what it could be. Hmm, I see. Well, at least we know who they think I am now. Really? Who? What's in there? There's a note that reads, From one diamond to another. And there's a revolver with a mother-of-pearl inlay on the grip in the shape of an elephant. They think I'm Alice Diamond. Alice Diamond was the leader of the 40 Elephants, a London gang specialising in blackmail and robbery. Her name inspired as much fear in the members of her own gang as it did in their victims, and no one knew much about the infamous gang leader. Those that knew anything at all were too scared to give up any information. Most of what Miss McSkimming had managed to uncover were simply rumour. It was said that she had once knocked out a pub landlord for watering down the gin. Ah, oh, what's this? You, once you've woken up, pour me a proper one. What do you mean a proper one? Bosh! And supposedly, she had once impersonated a police officer in order to break three of her gang out of lockup. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks, Alice. Only for them to turn up face down in the Thames two days later. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> no one else had failed her after that. I don't know about you, Mum, but I'm glad we haven't managed to track down this Alice Diamond. Well, we don't have to worry about her for now, at least. Always a silver lining, I suppose. It's the person that gifted her this revolver I'm concerned about. Any idea who it was? If I had to guess, I'd say it was Jack Legs Diamond, a notorious gangster operating out of New York. From one diamond to another? Seems pretty clear-cut to me. So you think he's this business partner you'll be meeting for dinner tomorrow, then? I would imagine so. I'll know for sure if I see him. His rivals in New York have tried to have him killed twice. He's been shot six times as a result, and one of the bullets perforated his cheek, so the scar should be quite evident. I wonder what he's been doing outside of the pond. Nothing good, that's for certain. If Legs and Alice are doing business, then that's bad news for both London and New York. We need to find out what the first officer discovered, and quickly. Can I rely on you to see what you can find out from the crew? I don't think it's wise for me to appear too interested. You can count on me, Mum. What are you going to do? I shall keep up the pretense of being one of London's most hardened criminals, I suppose. And perhaps enjoy a few games of shuffleboard while I'm at it. So while Miss McSkimming played what would be the most aggressive game of shuffleboard ever played aboard the RMS Samaria... 
went on the hunt for information. He first struck up a conversation with the French chef. Terrible thing what happened to that first officer, right? Way, a sailor's worst nightmare. He spoke with a cheerful Scot in the engine room. An honest chap, proper straight-laced gent he was. He found out more from a conspiratorial deck officer from Birmingham. I heard he wasn't even his watch that night. Max, you wonder why he was there. Mm. He shared a smoke with a loose-lipped New Yorker who worked in the ship's bar. Sometimes these things happen. Work for people like your boss, and maybe they have to happen a bit more often. It's same with my boss, too. And finally, Timothy spoke to a laundry worker who was born in Surrey, to Irish-American parents, who had moved the family to Wales, then Newcastle, before finally settling in Liverpool. I saw your man down here once. Looked like he was snooping around. Well, I said, all right, boy, oh, why you don't here? Lost your checks, have you? Does laundry often go missing? Oh, yeah, all the time, like. <laughs> Timothy reported back to Miss McSkimming later that evening. Goodness, what a fascinating group of people. Well, you've certainly found out plenty. The first officer definitely wasn't linked to either Alice or Lex. Sounds like he suspected something was going on and was getting too close to discovering what it was. He was searching the hold as well as the upper decks, so perhaps this ship is transporting something it shouldn't. On top of that, it looks as though some of Leg's gang have infiltrated the crew, but they think I'm Alice Diamond, so that's something in our favour. Lastly, we learned not to expect everything sent to the laundry to be returned. Not pertinent to the case, but good to know all the same. So what's next? Next, Timothy, we find out exactly what got the first officer killed. Keep talking to the crew for today, but meet me tonight in the lounge bar for the captain's welcome address. There'll be some entertainment afterwards, and whilst the rest of the passengers enjoy that, we'll slip out and explore the lower decks. Very well, Mum. I'll see you later this evening. Timothy entered the lounge bar that evening to find Miss McSkimming sipping on a glass of champagne. You're enjoying yourself, Mum? One must keep up appearances, Timothy, especially whilst pretending to be a ruthless criminal with expensive tastes. I didn't find out anything new since we last spoke. Are you ready to head down below and have a look around? Not yet. It could look suspicious if we leave too soon. The captain is about to give his welcoming address. We'll slip out once he's done. Good evening. My name is Captain Kennard, and it is my absolute pleasure to welcome you aboard the RMS Samaria. A special welcome is extended to those travelling with us in our presidential and regency suites. I look forward to joining you both for dinner at the captain's table tomorrow night. I would like to uh, introduce you all to my senior crew. Uh, first, we have Mr. Lacey. Uh, this is my first officer. Uh, it's his maiden voyage with us here on the Samaria, so please bear with him as he gets his... Uh, well, gets his bearings, I suppose. Uh, now, next to him is our navigation officer, Mr. Petters. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Petters is the one that uh, gets to shout, Iceberg ahead! <laughs> Iceberg! Straight ahead! <laughs> no, 
it's, it's too soon. It's, it's, it's too soon. It's too soon. Uh, 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 and finally, uh, we have our senior deck officer, Mr. Randall. <laughs> he's, he's the one that does all the hard work, really. Uh, now, myself, the senior crew, and our entire staff here uh, want to make sure you have a, a comfortable and enjoyable journey. So if you require anything at all over the next four weeks, please don't hesitate to ask. Uh, just a couple more announcements before I hand you over to our wonderful entertainments manager. First of all, I would encourage you all to familiarise yourself with the location of the lifeboats. Uh, th though uh, the use of them, of course, is, is highly unlikely, uh, it is important you all know where they are, just should the need arise. Yeah. And finally, whilst we do have a fully stocked bar here aboard the Samaria, I must remind you all that alcohol is illegal in New York as well as the rest of the United States. So. Whilst you're free to drink on board, you must leave any and all remaining alcohol in your cabins before disembark. Uh, before disembark. Uh, before you get off the ship. You don't want anything found in your bags when going through customs. Trust me. Right. Well, that's the uh, official announcements dealt with. I'll leave you in the capable hands and vocal cords of our. Entertainment's manager, Mr. Clive Starkey! Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Please, you're too kind. Thank you to our marvellous captain, Captain Cunard. Let's get another round of applause for him right now. Captain, <laughs> captain Cunard. Now, as the captain said, my name is Mr. Clive Starkey, and I'm the entertainment manager here on board the RMS Sumaria. As well as organizing all of the entertainment on board, I am also to be found in the lounge bar every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, tickling the ivories, as well as tickling a few ribs between numbers as well. Ha, 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 now you can help me craft the perfect entertainment schedule by leaving requests for songs in this little box here, where they will be completely ignored. <laughs> I'm joking, of course, we'll play all of them for you. So, without further ado, I may be a bit of a joker, but I promise you, I ain't misbehaving. No one to talk to all by myself. No one to walk with. I'm happy on my shelf. <laughs> Ain't misbehaving, I'm saving my love for you. Better be careful, buddy. Capone kidnapped the last guy to sing that one. Look, Timothy, it's Legs, there's the scar. I was right, he is on board. And he seems to be drawing everyone's attention. Time to slip away. Agreed. Let's go. cargo hold and see if there's anything here that shouldn't be. Right, plenty of dried meats, sugar, tea, goodness me! What is it? Four weeks worth of lavatory paper for 200 passengers and crew. There's a mountain of the stuff. Focus, Timothy. Uh, apologies, Mom. Uh, there's plenty of alcohol over here. The bar will be well stocked, that's for sure. And um, it's like a couple of crates of nuts. Uh, rats! What happened? No, no, literally there are rats here. A couple of them just scuttled behind those sacks. Just keep looking. Here's some flour, honey, barrels of fresh water. Hmm, I wonder what's in there. Let's have a look. Huh, I wasn't expecting that. What? It's poultry. 
Don't be so sure. A paltry amount of anything is worth smuggling if it's worth enough money. No. Poultry is in chickens. It's a room full of them. I think you're doing this on purpose now. No, look. I see. Yes, yes. Timothy. Wait. Did you hear that? What? Footsteps. Quick, into the chicken room. I could have sworn I heard someone. That's Officer Randall. Ah, it was poultry. It won't be poultry if someone else works out what's going on. I don't want a repeat of last time. No, I, I mean it was the chickens. They're always making a racket down here. Hmm, I suppose. Look, let's not waste time. You know we barely got it all done in time on the last crossing. And whose fault is that? Hey, oh, I'm an elephant, remember? Better mind your tongue or I'll send word to Mrs Diamond saying you ain't up to the job. Now, now, we're all friends here. And remember... You're not in London anymore. I have the authority to lock you in the brig for the rest of the crossing. Ah. See, we can all make threats. Now, let's do a couple and get back upstairs. Fine. What's that sound? What are they doing? So, this new first officer, what's his deal then? Not sure. I thought I was getting the promotion, but the captain brought him on board a couple of hours before we set sail. I thought he was one of your lot. Could be, could be. I ain't seen him yet. A couple of the girls working the rooms here told me he looks familiar, but that was about it. They reckon Mrs Diamond got him hired. But then I ain't seen her yet either. Well, she's certainly on board. I showed her to her suite, personally. She's an imposing woman, that's for sure. Oh, you don't know the half of it. Here, pass me another one of those, would you? I don't like the look of her valet, either. Valet? She don't have no valet. Well, I don't suppose he's a real valet. Probably just muscle. I'd bring some too if I was meeting the boss. That's not like her. She has enough muscle of her own. But then, this ain't no usual meeting, I guess. Right, that'll do for now. Let's head back upstairs. I prefer the trip the other way. That's just loading and unloading. Easier than this rubbish. Oh, except when people start poking their noses in. (laughs) Oh, you dealt with that very nicely, though. Very nicely. Proper elephant behaviour, that was. Very decisive. Straight up and over the railing and splash! (laughs) Oh, his face was priceless. It hasn't made things easy. We don't want police poking around. Well, at least you didn't have to shoot him, eh? Yeah. They're gone. I think so, yes. <laughs> Sounds like they were moving liquids about. Something to do with the alcohol, perhaps? Do you think they're smuggling it in? Maybe, but this is all for the bar. Not much use to them once it's all drunk by the passengers. Maybe they're hiding a few bottles here and there. A few bottles here and there wouldn't be worth it. You'd need to smuggle at least half of this off the ship to make it worth the risk. And that much going missing would certainly be noticed. The bar would soon run dry, for one thing. Hmm. And what did they mean by going the other way? What was it the first officer saw? No, we haven't got to the bottom of this at all. We've been down here long enough. Let's head back to the suite and call it a night. Right you are, Mum. Our heroes made their way back to the Regency suite, and the next day they planned their next move. If I'm going to impersonate Alice at the dinner with the captain and legs, I'm going to need to get into character. First... The voice. How does this sound? Too high. 
Oh, about this. Is this better? Too low. Oh, very well. How about we go with this one? Too much like the last scene. Excellent, Ned. Quite right. Yes, of course. Uh, let's try again. Um, I'm Alice Diamond. Now sit the hell down. Uh, you, you missed the chair there, Timothy. Oh, I think that's the voice, Mum. <laughs> Excellent. I think this outfit will do nicely. But fetch my diamond earrings. I've been told Alice Diamond is rarely seen without a pair. Right away, Mum. Huh. That's odd. What is it? The earrings, they're not in your jewellery box. Really? Is anything else missing? Let me check. No, everything else is there, and I'm certain I packed them. Let me look. Everything else seems to be in order. Surely if someone broke in to steal valuables, I'd take the whole box. Well, if I wanted to steal things on a ship that was to be at sea for four weeks, I'd only take a single high-value item and hope that my victim assumed they had forgotten to pack it. It would be weeks, possibly months, until they realised that wasn't the case. Uh, plenty of crooks on board. Yes. I can't see any of them knowingly stealing from Alice Diamond. Something odd is going on, but for now we'd best hurry or we'll be late for dinner. I don't want to keep Mr. Legs waiting. The captain's table was in a private dining room at the back of the main hall. Miss McSkimming entered the room to find the captain and a second man that could only be Legs Diamond. Legs flashed her a smile made all the more menacing by the scar across one cheek. Captain Cunard rose and offered her his hand. Uh, Mrs. Diamond, a pleasure to meet you. Uh, may I introduce to you Mr. Jack Diamond, a businessman from New York. Call me Legs. It's great we can finally meet in person instead of talking through intermediaries. Absolutely. So much easier to talk business face to face. Or what's left of it in your case. <laughs> eh, I was told you had a wicked sense of humour. And you do not disappoint. I never disappoint. <laughs> I bet. Shall we sit? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, I, I take it you know each other then. We sure do. We're currently trialing a business arrangement between our two organizations. Apologies for my tardiness, Captain. Uh, there you are, Lacey. Uh, close the door behind you, would you? Forgive me, everyone. There was a rat problem below decks that needed taken care of. Yes, well, you needn't bring that sort of thing up in front of our guests. Uh, please, allow me to introduce to you my newly minted first officer, Mr. Lacey. Uh, Mr. Lacey, this is Mr. Jack... I told you. Called me Legs. Ah, well, well then, yes. Uh, this is Mr. Legs, and uh, this is Mrs. Diamond. Pleasure to meet you, Mr. Legs. You too, Mrs. Diamond. Well, sit down, sit down, Lacey. Uh, Mr. Legs was just telling me how him and Mrs. Diamond are going into business together. Is that so? What line of business are you in, Mrs. Diamond? The removals business, mostly, but I'm branching out. Oh, really? Into what, exactly? Oh, oh all sorts. I like to keep my options open. Yeah, very sensible. Don't want to box yourself in, eh? Uh, learn the ropes, uh, broaden your horizons, make waves when you need to, and batten down the hatches if the markets look rough, and then plot a course for karma seas and sail the open ocean of, uh, of whatever it is you both do, I suppose. <laughs> I, I must admit, I've never had a head for business. You say you and Mr. Legs are trialling a business arrangement. Tell us about that. We're still working things out. We are? Only that it's early days and we're still working out a few kinks. The last shipment, for example. Ah, you heard. I did. Nothing serious, I hope. A small hiccup, nothing more. And what is this joint venture exactly? Yes, please, elaborate. Well, it's simple. Mrs. Diamond has certain items in England that my clients want moved over to the good old US of A. 
and I, in turn, have goods that need distribution once they land in Liverpool. Together, we handle things on either side of the pond, and everybody wins. Couldn't have put it better myself. I'm sure you couldn't. Pardon? Ah, the starter has arrived. Ooh, it's poached codfish and a cream sauce, if I'm not mistaken. It ain't a hot dog, but I'm sure it'll do. I'm sure you both have plenty of business to discuss during our journey. And tell me, Mrs. Diamond, why did you both decide to meet aboard our humble little boat? It's shit. What? I think you meant to say, humble little shit. Quite right, Mrs. Diamond. Really, Lacey, I expect more from my first officer. It's a small thing I know, but correct terminology is vitally important aboard a ship. First, you're calling it a boat rather than a ship, and before you know it, you're saying port instead of starboard, and then where will we be? Drifting too far to the left, I wouldn't think. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Very good, Mrs. Diamond. Uh, perhaps you and my first officer should uh, swap places. <laughs> perhaps we should. Uh, what was that? Nothing, Captain. So, Mrs. Diamond, what sort you of... You know, I think Legs and I would rather keep the details between us, if it's all the same. It's all right. Nose out, Junior. How about you tell us something about yourself, Mr. Lacey? How long have you been working at sea? You're what? 21? 22? You must have worked hard to be a first officer already. I did, but it seems like only yesterday I stepped aboard my first ship. I'm sure it does. He must have impressed you, Captain. Oh, yes, I was very impressed, very impressed. Uh, an outstanding resume, and the dockmaster at Liverpool spoke ever so highly of him, begged me to hire him, in fact. <laughs> he was practically in tears. Uh, but I suspect that was mostly due to the head injury he had sustained. <laughs> he said he'd been struck by a boom. <laughs> you know, I have a very funny story about getting hit by a boom on my first posting on the RMS Lusonia. It was just after the war, and my pal Archie and I had got hold of this barrel of whale oil. <laughs> what made you want to serve on the Samaria, Mr Lacey? I just felt like I belonged here, you know. Like the previous first officer had taken my place. And this was my opportunity to put that right. You know what I mean, Miss Diamond. It's Mrs. Diamond. Is it? So what do you plan to do next? I'm sure an ambitious young man like you has plans for the future. To captain my own ship, of course. I prefer to lead rather than follow. You wouldn't consider co-captaining, then? Co-captaining? <laughs> Who ever heard of such a thing? You sound just like my old pal Archie after it had a few. Oh, here's a funny story. Oh, you're shut your gob, would you? Mr. Lacey, I am your captain. I... I said, shut it. So, we're dropping the charade then, are we? Just the politeness. You're very convincing. I must compliment you on the wig and beard as well. They're of excellent quality, even up close. Swipe them from Drury Lane. Some poor sod of an actor must have had a fit. When you're taller than most, you can slap this on your face, stick on a uniform, and people will just think, there goes another successful young man. His father must be so proud. Well, I can't fault your execution. Look, what's going on here? Yes, Lacey, what is going on? As your captain, I demand... I swear to God, if you say another word, I'm going to smack you so hard you'll wake up back in Liverpool. Hey, while I appreciate a good threat as much as the next guy, someone better tell me what's going on here or things are going to get ugly. With that face, I don't know how things could get more ugly. That's it. I'm done here. Oh, no, you're not. Dare pull a gun on me? Do you know who I am? Do you know who Mrs. Diamond is? Yes, of course I do. That's the point of all this. Maybe if you take a closer look at the gun, you'll catch up. 
That's the revolver that I left for Alice. So you're a thief. Can't steal what should have been yours. What? Alice, would you please drop the act? It's like watching a child trying to work out how the rabbit got in the hat. Alice? Oh, you just had to go and spoil my big reveal, didn't you? Good God, man, your beard! Don't be a dope. It's a fake. The clothes, the beard, the voice, everything. Goodness, if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I'd have sworn it was two different people. So, if you're Alice, who is this? And why is she pretending to be you? My name is Miss McSkinning. Delighted to meet you. She's been trying to find me for months. She's the biggest threat there is to our operation. Okay then, shoot them both and let's finish our dinner. What? Not here. We can't go shooting people quite so publicly if we want to keep things in motion. So what's the plan? We take them down to the cargo hold and off them there. McSkimming was never on the passenger list so we can just dump her overboard. And then, oh, the poor captain, he has a terrible accident. He falls over some railings with a bottle of whiskey. Ah, the dangers of the demon drink. Then I take over as captain of the ship just until we reach New York, at which point I'm back to being Alice and we both disembark. Then you get one of your lads made captain of this rust bucket and we keep sending things back and forth just as before. A perfect plan. I know. Perfect. Other than this... Will I ever have a meal that doesn't end up with an unconscious person on it? Nice work. I'll take the captain. You keep an eye on her. After you, Miss McSkimming. We'll go through the kitchen. No need to make a scene in the dining hall. As Miss McSkimming was led away, she felt the barrel of a revolver pressed into the small of her back. Legs carried the captain, and they soon arrived at the top level of the cargo hold, where Miss McSkimming was ushered over to the railings. The captain was dumped at her feet, one arm hanging over the gangway, a long drop beneath. I take it you took the revolver at the same time you were stealing my earrings? Oh, I've forgotten about them. Hang on. There. How do they look? I'm not sure they go with the uniform. Right, let's get this done. Shooter. No need to rush. Anyway, I've got something else to deal with first. What are you doing? Is, is this a joke? We're partners. Why, why are you pointing that thing at me? I'm sorry, Legs. I'm not really looking for a partner right now. I'm just not ready for that kind of commitment. You end this and you've got nothing. Are you kidding? I end this and I get everything. I've already got the guns you smuggled over. With them and the payout I'll be getting from your rivals after doing away with you, I'll be able to control the whole of London. And I'll have a relationship with the real power in New York. Do you think I'm interested in some small-time gangster in his stupid booze-running operation? I just needed you on the boat. It's a shit... Oh, the captain's woken up. Morning, captain. Goodbye, captain. You think I'm scared of you? I've been shot six times and I'm still standing. Dozens, dozens of men have been sent to whack me. Well, this time they sent a woman. Two down, one to go. I bet you can't believe your luck. A perfect opportunity to get rid of us both. Luck? You think this is luck? You really do have a high opinion of yourself. I heard you were sniffing around and you hadn't found me yet, but I knew you wouldn't give up until you did. 
and I couldn't be having that. So I paid a man to run to your house and urgently deliver some tickets. And then I offed him right there on your doorstep. After all, nothing gets Miss McSkimming's attention like a good murder mystery. I knew that once you'd seen the tickets and the elephants that I'd slipped in his pocket, you'd rush off to Liverpool without a second thought. It was me that arranged for that waiter to try and steal the tickets from you on the train, and then you were certain that you were on the right track. You didn't even stop to think before boarding under someone else's name, and I'll bet you didn't even check to see what that name was before you got on the ship. Impatience and arrogance. I, however, have endless patience. I could have killed you in your house. But I couldn't exactly offer in London. You've got too many friends in high places. I'd have had the King's Guard after me. So I took my sweet time, and here we are. A hundred miles offshore, and no record that you were ever here. As far as anyone back home's gonna know, you'll have simply disappeared, allowing me to do away with you at the same time I ended my arrangement with legs. Frankly, Miss McSkimming, I'm a bit disappointed it was this easy. I thought you were trickier than this. So did I. And there is the arrogance. You save the life of one little king and you think you're cock of the walk. Anyway, while I do like a good chat... Clearly. Shut it. It's time we finish this. At least, let me finish it on my terms. What? Over the rails like the captain or with a gun. What does it matter to you? Are you serious? I can see when I'm beaten. I'd just like this final act to be on my terms, like I said. Fair enough, but you do anything other than climb the rails and jump, and it is back to being on my terms. I would expect nothing less. With a solemn expression, Miss McSkimming swung herself over to the other side of the railings. She stood straight-backed, looking her adversary in the eye, and without a word, pushed herself away from the railings. She did not cry out as she fell. Alice waited for the thud. But the thud never came. The captain hadn't made a sound as he hit the floor either, and in all the excitement, Miss McSkimming had been the only one to notice. Alice rushed over to the railings and looked over just in time to see Miss McSkimming dashing away from a mountain of lavatory paper. Cheerio! No! Alice leapt over the railings, extricated herself from the lavatory paper and gave chase up to the main deck. Whirling through a door, Alice brought her revolver up to find a target. But before she could, there was a loud crack, as Miss McSkimming hit a shuffleboard puck directly at her. The puck struck Alice's hand, and the revolver went flying into a knife bed. Alice instinctively dived for the gun, retrieved it, and got to her feet with a wild grin on her face, her victory assured. But with a little wave, Miss McSkimming pulled a lever, and the lifeboat, along with Alice, plummeted into the darkness.
With Alice Diamond adrift at sea, Miss McSkimming went to check on Captain Cunard, who, while dazed, hadn't suffered any serious injury. With Timothy's help, they were able to round up the gang members who'd infiltrated the crew, and the cruise continued, albeit with a well-populated brig. Miss McSkimming later pieced together the details of Alice and Blake's smuggling operation. It was clever of them, really. They siphoned off alcohol from the bar supply into fake waste containers, then filled the bottles back up with water so no one noticed. And they were smuggling the guns back the other way. That's what Alice said before she shot legs. Not a bad trade in his eyes. Plenty of alcohol available in London, but it's illegal in New York. Plenty of guns available in New York, but they're illegal in London. Little did he know, Alice wasn't interested in a long-term arrangement. Do you think she'll make it back to England, Mum? Oh, I'm in no doubt, Timothy. No, that won't have been the last we'll hear of Alice Diamond. But next time, I'll be prepared. She won't get the better of me a second time. That's something to worry about later, though. For now, let's enjoy the rest of the cruise. I think we've earned it. Good idea. I rather like this boat, you know. It's shit, Timothy. It's not that bad, Mum. Trouble at Sea, a Miss McSkimming mystery, was written by Richard Stratton. Performed by Natalie Winter, Chris Starkey, Alexander Pankhurst, Josh Yard, Richard Stratton and Ellie Pitkin. With live foley from Betty Smith, Reese Cannon, Safa Siddiqui and Tanajanan Markteby. With sound design by Andrew Craig. The music used was The Show Must Be Go by Kevin MacLeod at Incompetech.com, licensed under the Creative Commons. Directed by Ellie Pitkin, this was a Blackshaw Theatre Company production. Thank you.